Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. And our next guest, Michelle Baca, describes herself as an outgoing introvert and recovering overthinker. And Michelle works with people who worry, obsess, and overanalyze, get out of their heads and into their bodies so that they can exude a powerful and magnetic presence. Don't think it's possible? Well, think again. Michelle's program is really amazing, and you're going to hear all about it right now as we start episode number 106. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff, and I'm very excited to have yet another guest on now. And her name is Michelle Baca, and she is the author of The Sweet Spot, Your Roadmap to Maximum Confidence and Magnetism. We could all use a little more of that, both of those. And she also co-authored the best-selling book, The Soul of Success, with a guy you may have heard of. His name is Jack Canfield, and he is the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And... Uh, Boy, Michelle does a lot of things. I'm going to bring her into the conversation. As you well know, listeners, I'm talking to you that I try to get the guest in as soon as possible. So, Michelle, welcome. Thank you very much for being here this week. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I I did a brief on your bio, but I'd like you to expand on it and tell the audience what you would like them to know about you. One of the first things to know about me is that I am obsessed with personal development. So, you know, that's just one of the things that I've become so focused on in the last, you know, 15 years or so. And yeah, Jack, you know, you mentioned Jack in the introduction and he's been a very important mentor to me. I signed up for his Train the Trainer program in 2014 and that, you know, will forever be a a year that just changed my life because of the nine months that I spent training with him. I thought I was going to train the trainer program to learn how to teach his success principles. You know, so I thought I was going to get material that I was then going to go teach to other people, but it just really ended up being one of the most life-changing, transformational, inspiring experiences. Do always like to give him as well as my other mentors a lot of credit for where I am today and you know, and one of his trainings is where I set my breakthrough goal to become an author, you know, published author. And so to be able to have realized that dream last year by, you know, having my my first solo written book, I had contributed to two other books, as you mentioned before, including the, the Soul of Success, but had always wanted to write my own. You know, I wasn't really satisfied with having just one chapter in a book. Well, I have to salute you for what you did with Jack Canfield. And then also I want you to kind of delve into what you just said about how it was a life-changing experience for you. But I tell you what, I've taken a lot of trainings and been to a lot of different seminars, but I don't ever remember a time where I actually am able to get the leader and star of the seminar to co-author with me or to do anything of that magnitude. So kudos to you to be able to pull that off. So I'd love the story of how you were able to go from, hey, I'm paying for a seminar and some training to co-authoring with uh, a very famous author. And then also, as I said, 
maybe talk about why it was so life-changing for you. Yes, and so it was. It was a, it's a complete honor anytime you get to actually collaborate with somebody that you admire so much. So, um, and, you know, so he, he definitely stands out, you know, in addition to my, my teacher and my mentor, her name's Rachel Jane Gruber, and she's the creator of the Art of Feminine Presence, which is a body of work that I'm certified to teach as well. So she is another person that I always just have to to mention and give tremendous gratitude for. And the other one is a man named Bo Eason. He's a former NFL star, but he he ended up pursuing acting, and now he does training and development, and he trains speakers to to be better at uh, telling stories from the stage. And so those three people have made a huge impact on me, and I like to give them credit when ever possible. And so that's the answer to your first question. And you asked me another question that I'm um, trying to remember what that was. Well, you had said that, and I'm sorry, I, I frequently in this podcast, what I like to do is I like to, <laughs> I get so excited about it and I try to, I try to do a couple questions at once. But the second question is, is why was it so transforming for you? Why was 2014 so important? Well, and so his style of teaching is not okay, here's the success principles. Now I'm going to teach you how to teach it to other people. Like that's how I thought in my mind it was going to go. But it was like, no, like you have to actually do the work. I'm not just going to tell you here's an exercise that you would teach people to help them transform. It's no, you're going to go through it. And I guess maybe some people would have fully expected that, but it was always his style is I'm, I'm never going to teach you to teach something that you haven't actually done yourself. And so the level of personal work that we did over that nine months, it was a lot, you know, in our group, we got very bonded together because when you really dive deep into your own insecurities, your fears, lifelong resentments that you've held, really heavy stuff. So it's not like it was all fun and games. It was sometimes we were crying most of the day, but I think that's what made it so distinct from any other training that I had gone through was that it was a really deep dive into personal development. It wasn't like this surface level we're going to go get motivated and jump up and down and dance and be happy. It was like, we're going to go where we need to go, even if it's really painful at first. Uh, and I love that. Like I, 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 I love, I've, I've never been just like all about, you know, positive thinking and affirmations. Like I do love that stuff, but I also love things like, you know, shadow work. And so I, I, I like being able to go on, these like extreme sides of the spectrum and and really just explore not only what's inspiring, but what haunts us, what, you know, that other kind of, like I said, Carl Jung kind of shadow work. I I really dig that kind of stuff too. Well, I'll tell you, I want to get into what you do for people. And I'm going to read directly from your bio here and have you react to all this. And this is a bit long, but I think this will really help frame it for our listeners as to how you are impacting your clients. So in your bio, you say you help your clients overcome nervousness, anxiety, and self-consciousness so they can exude a powerful and magnetic presence. 
as an outgoing introvert and recovering overthinker, Michelle, you, of course, especially loves to work with people who tend to worry, obsess, and overanalyze. You help those people get out of their heads and into their bodies so that they can fully express themselves with more ease and authenticity. So talk to me about the process that you take people through and how people kind of come from a state of really pain into one, as you say, a state of ease and authenticity. Yeah, so I think what, you know, what I feel like makes my work different and, you know, than, than, than what people might have experienced before is that it's not mindset work. You know, so a lot of times when people hear that I wrote a book about confidence and hear about that I train people how to develop a powerful presence, to be able to be confident in public speaking, sometimes people think that means a lot of mindset, positive thinking kind of work. And it's really not that because why it's worked for me and 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 why it works for people like me who tend to be in their heads a lot, you know, for most of their lives, I've always been, you know, just very like overanalyzing things and wanting things to be perfect. And so people like that, I love working with people who are like how I used to be, like chronic overthinkers because this process that I take people through helps them get out of their heads and again into their body. So it's really my process is less about the psychology of confidence and more about the energetics of confidence. The really awesome thing about that is that it's a faster process. It takes, you know, for me it took years, like 10 years to start to even really master like reprogramming my mindset. But when I discovered embodiment work and energetics, the results were so quick that I just, I knew I had to pursue that and teach it to other people. In 2015, I went to Costa Rica to a conference called AFES. Now it's called A-Fest. They used to call it Awesomeness Fest. It's um, produced by the creator of Mind Valley, which creates a lot of personal development videos online. But I went to this one session, you know, a breakout session with there with a woman named Sama Zadora. And, you know, I read her bio and it seemed, you know, it was this is like unlike any conference I had ever gone to. There were more fun breakout sessions. This one was led by a sex coach and you know so in her bio you know she had contributed to playboy magazine and you know i just thought this is fun and this is different i'm going to go to this session and that was one of my first introductions to some of this embodiment work because we did we did breath work and it was for me that that breakout session which i think was a 75 minute session after that i just felt so much more confident in my body present. I felt like I had accomplished more in 75 minutes than I had in the last 10 years trying to figure out how to reprogram my brain, you know, and I just realized like this is faster, this is easier, is more fun. And I, I left that session. I remember walking into the ladies room afterwards, looking in the mirror and thinking like, I look at least five years younger, <laughs> you know, just, so it was good for me. I could tell that it was good for 
my complexion, my eyes were brighter. I felt amazing and I felt just inspired to keep pursuing that line of study, you know, which, which drew me to study more, you know, tantric principles and, and mixing that in with what I teach. So for me, it's like, you know, it, it is about confidence, feeling good, managing anxiety, but it's got this sexy kind of twist, which I think a lot of people are, are craving, you know, that body connection. It seems to me that instead of think positive, yours is action oriented. Be positive. Am I right about that? Yeah. Be positive or feel, you know, it's really about that feeling. It's like, if you can memorize, you know, what it feels like in your body versus trying to think your way into being confident, I guess much easier to feel your way into it. Do you use a lot of neurolinguistic, and I always mess that up, I always just call it NLP, neurolinguistic <laughs> programming. Do you use a lot of that, those types of methods, or is that a part of it? I don't. I mean, I, I'm familiar with it, but I've never myself studied it or, or use it with my clients necessarily, no. So this is more about feeling how you felt when you were confident, like feeling it at the body level. So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to think positive, think positive, think positive, it's like you stand a certain way, you breathe a certain way. As you said earlier, your eyes are brighter and you just feel like just so much more in control. So it's more about kind of a head to toe type of thing instead of just in your brain. Exactly. And that's why like, I was so drawn to Bo Eason and his teachings because as soon as I saw what he was doing, I was like, this is right up my alley because what we do is we have a whole rehearsal. I mean, we put a lot of effort into our pre-work, getting ready to step on the stage. And it reminds me, like, have you ever seen the Hakka dancers, those New Zealand men that do this? It's like stomping and they, you know, it's like a pre-game ritual that they do. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, um, yeah, I think I've, I, I am vaguely familiar with that. So it kind of, you know, because it's so much about just tapping into your power. So just picture like, you know, so when we do it, we do get very comfortable with your feet. Very important to be able to to feel grounded, connected, because again, like if you're in your head and all of this mental activity is going on, you're not even really aware of your body. And so when we practice, we do this practice called rock grounding that I usually teach my clients. And all you need is a, like a small to medium sized river rock and you press, you know, kind of try to find some pain points in your feet and it helps you really just get grounded and present. So that's just one of the things that I had learned from him. And he, you know, he had told us that he, cause he trains that and, just outside of LA with, you know, Olympic athletes, former NFL stars, all kinds of NBA players that go to this gym and, and they do this thing. He's like, yes, it sounds weird, but if you want to do this, he's like, I'm telling you these, I go here and these people I train with, first thing we do is we find our rocks, we take off our shoes and we do this thing that's going to allow us to allow our creativity, our expression flow through us. And so he would always tell us that unless you're really strongly grounded 
into your feet, into the earth, your body's not going to feel like it can come out and play. And I've always been obsessed with being a like dynamic speaker. You know, that is like one of the words that came to me that I would use to describe my goal for myself. And that's when I saw him speak and, and that he's so, I mean, he just, he's probably the best speaker I've ever seen in person. And, and what sets him apart is how he moves his body. And part of that comes from, you know, he's an athlete, right? And so he's very active in his storytelling. He's not somebody to stand there in one spot and just talk at you. I mean, he's acting it out. I mean, when he tells a story, he's reliving that story. And I, I just love that, you know, I share his like idea of becoming so obsessed with somebody that you're well, with something like a story that you just want to get it. You, know, you just want to keep improving upon it and making it powerful. It's like that endless rehearsal. Some people hate that. Like, I love it. I love being able to get it down and to be able to get to that place where you can relive a story and tell it in such a powerful way. And that's one of the greatest gifts that I got from working with him is he helped me uncover one of my signature stories. And now I can tell that story over and over again, and it doesn't get old for me. All right, Michelle, uh, we're, of course, going to have links to your mentors and the other things that you had talked about. But what are some resources beyond like your books and whatnot that you might point people at? So I did want to offer, I mean, related to the book, I do have a free chapter for people if they're interested in that. So if I had to pick out, you know, if I was forced to pick out a favorite chapter, I'd love to, I'd like to be able to share that chapter with the listeners. And in addition to that, one person I haven't mentioned so far is a man named Joe Dispenza. So anybody that's interested in the kind of work that I'm doing and being able to be more powerfully present. His meditations are something that I rave about to all of my clients and anybody I get the chance to. So that one's really easy just to go on YouTube or Google, find Joe Dispenza, any of his videos or meditations, anyone I've listened to amazing. So love to point people in his direction. All right. Well, that's great. So we're going to give you the floor for the final question. Of course, I'd like to start with the guest, end with the guest and Michelle Baca, the floor is yours to talk to the audience about whatever you'd like to talk to them about and starting now. (laughs) Okay, so I did, you know, I alluded earlier to the story. So I'd like to share that story that I developed in my time with Bo, which is that about 10 years ago, my husband Brian and I gave our daughter Talia to her grandma and grandpa on a Saturday night, help have them uh, watch her for us so we could have some alone time. So Sunday morning, I rolled out of bed, drove to Starbucks in my pajamas, came back, started watching one of those really cheesy Lifetime movies. And then on a trip back from the laundry room, I on a commercial break, I hear Brian calling out to me from down the hall. He says, you know, hey, Michelle, come here. Look, look what I did. So I walk into the office, I peer over his shoulder at the computer screen, I see a blurred out video with a big white arrow in the middle. 
he clicks play, video starts rolling, and I see myself walking across our bedroom towards the bed, and I'm naked. You know, what is this? What did, what did you do? And he still didn't get it, you know. I thought, what kind of person would do this? Who would make a sex tape of his wife behind her back? Um, and again, he just, you know, he still didn't really get it. So I turned away, I walked out the door, gave him the silent treatment for the rest of the weekend. And a couple of weeks later, I decided, you know, maybe I should watch this video. So I go back into the office and I find it and I click play. Despite my hesitance, you know, I wasn't really sure I wanted to see it because I, I knew I wasn't wearing any makeup that day. I knew my hair was a mess and I wasn't really sure I wanted to see that, but I was curious enough to, to press play. And after a few moments, I just thought, hmm, her hair doesn't look so bad. <laughs> she looks sweet. She looks nice. I, I like her. I'd let her babysit for my kids. Like, who is this woman? Because it wasn't somebody I really recognized because I, you know, I was somebody that I wouldn't walk out the door, you know, without full face of makeup, even just to go to the grocery store. Um, but to be able to see myself in that state for the first time, not worried about what I look like, gave me a different perspective on who I am when I'm not trying to be something else or somebody else trying to put on a, you know, just some kind of act or, and that's what really shifted things for me is getting that feeling of being, you know, emotionally and energetically naked, you know, where I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. And so that's one of the keys that I like to share with my clients is about because when you are in your head it's like you're trying to be a certain way trying to be confident trying to be professional trying to be likable and whenever you're trying to be something it gets in the way of being able to relate to people so yeah I just kind of pick up that phrase for my for my business you know helping people be emotionally naked as a way to create maximum confidence and magnetism well, Michelle Baca, author of The Sweet Spot, Your Roadmap to Maximum Confidence and Magnetism, and of course, so much more. We'll have all that in the resource section, including the download to the free book, which a uh, free chapter of the book, which she was so graciously gave us. And Michelle, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, our guest is Michelle Bosch, and she talks directly to entrepreneurs about not falling victim to the shiny object syndrome. In her business, she focuses on land. She's very bullish on land. You probably have a different focus, but the idea is to have a focus. And here's a little bit from Michelle. If you feel like you succumb to shiny pen, you know, to shiny object syndrome, you are absolutely normal. That's all of us. That's all of us entrepreneurs. That's why, that's what makes us successful. That's what makes us, you know, have that warrior spirit. That's what makes us want to continue learning new things because we're curious. We're innately curious. And, and, it, and it's a matter of harnessing basically that curiosity and creating enough diversity within your lane 
so that you don't get bored. All right, myself and my partners at Athena International, we have a singular focus, and that's to get this podcast to grow. Now, two simple things you can do to help that along. Podcasts really can only grow at the grassroots level. So first of all, rate and review the podcast. I know that sounds like two things, but it's really not. Rating and reviewing is one and the same. It helps the algorithms on the podcasting services. And again, I don't understand exactly all of the behind the scenes tech stuff. I do know that if you rate and review podcasts, the more they get, the more ratings and reviews they get the better off they are. So if you could rate and review it, that would be great. Even more important though, share relevant episodes with your network. So tell people that A, you listen to the podcast, B, how to find it, and then C, why you thought it was relevant. That would help us a lot too. Because again, the only way we can grow this podcast is via you at the grassroots level. So anything you could do would be appreciated. Thank you very much. And we'll see you for the next episode.